Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jeremiah Hosmer. Ephesians chapter 3. The reason I'm setting a a foundation for this is where we're going to go over the next few weeks is because um, it's going to help some of you not backslide. And I felt the spirit of the Lord saying, uh, you, we, we've, got, we've got to bring some people to some uh, sound doctrine. So um, that's what we're going to do over the next few weeks. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 8. This is what the Bible says. To me who am less than the least of the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. To make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. Now watch this. This is is where I'm focusing mostly today. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Now, if you are a saint of God, if you are part of the redeemed church, this is one of your callings to make known the manifold wisdom and power of God to the principalities and the powers in the heavenly places. Say, what am I making known? I'm making it known to them that Jesus Christ has defeated them over 2,000 years ago. And the church is victorious because of it today. Glory be to God. Amen. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Let's let's go there. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 7. But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore he says... When he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all heavens. That he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Look up at me. Years ago, probably 10 years ago, I was preaching and prophesying of the day that would come to the church that there would be the rebirth of the fivefold ministry. Even when my, the people that, I, uh, I don't know what you would want to call them, but you know, just we connected in the ministry, didn't even accept the office and the anointing of the apostle, the prophet and the evangelist. They said, it's gone. I said, there's going to be a time coming in the church where you will see the rising of the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. And the houses that will do anything big for God in the last days will be the houses that have the five-fold ministry operating. How many of you are glad we got the five-fold ministry operating in this house? Hallelujah. Praise be to God for it. Now, verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, 
to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Just because it's on YouTube don't mean it's true. And just because a big preacher said it don't mean it's true. There has to be sound doctrine. Or else when the wind blows, you're going to blow with it. And when the waves come, you're going to be drowned by it. Come on, somebody. Amen. By the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love that we may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ from the whole body joined knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself. God said, I don't, I'm not looking to the world to edify you. He said, when the church is doing what it's supposed to be, it edifies itself. That's why we got to keep coming together. Because when we get together, we edify each other. Because I'm encouraged by your testimony and you're encouraged by my testimony. And I tell you how God came through for me last week. And you tell me how God saved your kid last week. And we edify each other. We don't, we don't have to look to an outside source to be edified. He said, the only reason you have to do that is if you ain't coming together. And everybody ain't doing their share. He said, but there's something so supernatural that happens. When we come together, you walk out of here edified, built up. Hallelujah. Now, I want to go to 2 Timothy. And then after that, we're going to pray and be seated. Um, because... All this has somewhat of a common theme to it uh, that, that the Lord is speaking in the last days. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Oh, glory be to God. Glory be to God. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. I charge you, therefore, uh, therefore, before God and Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come. And if I can, I'm, it's not in the Bible. I want to make sure I'm very clear with that. But I want to add at this very moment right here. It's not in your Bible. And is now. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. Hallelujah. Mm. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. He said you endure these things. Endure afflictions and endure sound doctrine. Because sound doctrine has a way sometimes to make you feel like afflictions do. You have to endure it. 
because it's producing something godly in your life. It's producing what nothing else can. Hallelujah. Now, um, you can write down Galatians 1, 8 through 10 if you want to read that when you get home today. Uh, let's pray, please. Uh, Father, thank you for the few moments that I have with your dear people. They're such a blessed people. I'm so blessed to be able to oversee such a, an anointed group of people full of your spirit. They love you, God. They long, they come to church to hear from you, to worship you, to praise you, to see you move in their midst. And I'm so blessed by it. Father, today, over the next few moments that I have, I pray for an anointing that will make uh, listening easy, preaching easy. Father, I pray today that as truth hits the, the soul and the spirit of people, that shackles break. And I pray today, God, that if there's anybody that has been wallowing in the pig pen, that your word will extend a hand to them and pull them out where they have been held captive. For you said the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me to preach freedom to the captive. So today we declare be free in Jesus name. And God I pray look upon my availability and not my ability. I thank you for this very moment. Anoint the preaching and the reading of your word in Jesus name. Everybody said amen. Be seated for just a few moments today. I want to just say thank you for uh, continuing to be here. Um, and I want to set this up for the following weeks to come. I'm calling this series What We Believe. Simple, what we believe. And I felt led of the Lord to do this. I, felt, I have felt led of the Lord to do this for some time now. Because some of you are very, um, let, let's just, let me just say this. You, you love the Lord. You're very zealous. You're full of the Holy Ghost. I praise God for that. You read your word. You come to church. You tithe. You give. But you really don't know what you believe. And if you continue that way, then when the enemy comes and asks you what you're standing on, you don't have an answer. Now, I need you to grab something because when the enemy came to Jesus in the wilderness and he said, you know, he, he was tempting him. Jesus then said, didn't, didn't say, devil, I'm full of the Holy Ghost. Now, he was full of the Holy Ghost and I praise God for it because it was the Holy Spirit that turned around and brought this up in him. But what did he say? It is. It's written. And the devil said, okay, you got me right there. You sucker punched me right there, but I got another one for you. And then he took him up on a pinnacle, turned around and said, throw yourself down from here. The angels will grab you up there. You know, won't nothing happen. He says, devil, it is. Come on, y'all act like y'all got the Holy Ghost. It is. He said, oh, I see you hungry. You done been fasting and praying. You've been doing this sanctified thing. He said, why don't you turn these rocks into stone? And rocks into bread so you'll have something to eat. He said, devil, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that...
proceeds from the mouth of God. And, and the Bible says that the devil left him for until another time. What I'm trying to tell you is that Jesus overcame him with the word. And you will overcome him with the word. You got to know what you believe. Now, I might go into times of preaching. I might go into times of teaching. But either way, you need to grab this right here. In our text today, we see a common theme, a common thread that's being communicated by God to the church. It is important at this very moment that we, we point out in our text today that who, who, who the Holy Spirit was writing to. He is not writing to the lost people. He is not writing to the world. He is not writing to the ones who are not redeemed. He is writing to the church. And the common theme that you begin to see, the common thread throughout these scriptures is this. If you don't know what you believe, then you're going to fall to some stuff that ain't true. If you don't know what you believe, then it's easy for you to be deceived. For several years, I have prophesied of a day. Matter of fact, I think it's seven years ago, I prophesied of a day that there would be a line drawn in the sand and the line would not be between the church and the world. The line was coming in the church. And, and I had people look at me crazy like a cow at a new gate. Sitting there saying, you don't, why, why would you dare say that? You're trying to separate the church. I, wasn't, I ain't separating nothing. I don't have the power to separate the church. I'm just telling you what the Holy Ghost said. There's a day coming and now it is where a line would be drawn in the sand. And it was not going to be between the church and the world. It was going to be in the church. Let that sit for a minute. Past two years, we've watched that happen. We've watched it happen on a small scale. But there is soon, listen, there's coming soon a split. I'll go on record right now. What day is it? March 6th. Amen. March 6th. 1130. And, no, it ain't 11:30. Amen. <laughs> I had to say, I ain't gonna tell you some of y'all what time it is. You'd be like, Martha, we got to go. I just can't stay in church this long. We got to get out of here. And you don't even know what time it is until somebody told you. Anyway. I'll go on record saying this, that it's coming, even at a larger scale. The separation will not be according to denominations. It will not be according to color. It will not be according to nationality, and it will not be according to ethnicity. The divining line will cause every church to fall into one of these two categories. One, you will see a church that is governed, protected, influenced, Empowered, led, directed, and provided for by the government. It's happening right now. The government will tell it what to say. The government will tell it what it can do. The government will tell it how to respond, how to react. And the government will tell it what to preach. And the government will continue to put funds into it. Secondly, I told you two categories. Secondly, you will see a church that is governed, protected, influenced, empowered, led, directed, 
and provided for by the Holy Ghost. That is what's happening. One will be that of the government. The other will be that of the Holy Ghost. These two will not mix companies. And they can have Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, non-denominational, Pentecostal, whatever they want to have on the sign. But one is going to yield to what the Spirit wants to do, and the other is going to yield to what the government wants to do. And the deciding factor is going to be those who know what the Word says and those who do not. Those who say, I know what my Bible says, and I will not venture away from it. That's why I'm standing up here today declaring, and I'm going to take the next three to four weeks to declare to you what we believe, sound doctrine. I hope that every one of you make it in the rapture, but if some of you don't, I want you to tell everybody in that day that I had a preacher that stood up and told me what to believe. And if you got to cut my head off, cut my head off, but I'm not going to miss the second trip. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. These two churches are rising as we speak. Listen, I, I want... All right, so if, if you're watching this and the rapture of the church has happened, it wasn't aliens. It was not some mass abduction from a different, uh, of a different nation. The church went up with Jesus. I need you to know that because it's happening soon. The church went up with Jesus. If you can get your hands on a Bible, read it. So watch this now, listen. Mark my words. If you're watching this after the rapture, there are gonna be churches that you have to have a mark on your hand or your head to get in. Those churches, leave them alone. They're synagogues of Satan. Go find you some kind of church, even if it's underground somewhere, that you don't have, a, have, a, have to have a mark on your hand and a mark on your head to get in. And that's probably going to be a place where you can meet Jesus. And if you think I am far-fetched and exaggerating this point, I am not. There are churches right now that if you can't show a vaccination card, they won't let you in. They are prepping this, they are prepping this nation and they are prepping this world right now for the Antichrist to take over. But can I tell you, on my watch, you're going to know what the word says. You're going to know the truth of it. You're going to know the presence of God. You're going to know the spirit of the Lord. And if you decide you don't want it, then that's your business. But we're going to preach this glorious gospel until Jesus comes back. Now, I, I, if you want to have vaccination, whatever, that's your business. I'm not saying nothing about that. But when you stand at the door 
and you tell somebody they can't get in until they show a vaccination card, you are of an anti-Christ spirit. I don't care how many people are in your church. I don't care how many books you have sold. I don't care how many likes and followers you've got on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. It don't matter. You are of an anti-Christ spirit. Jesus never held anybody out, whether they were sick, whether they were black, whether they were white. It didn't matter their economic status. He said, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's of Satan. And if you don't know what you believe, you'll fall for that nonsense. Can you imagine Jesus standing at the synagogue at the door, Pastor Antoine? Let me see your leprosy card. Oh, you don't have one? Go back home. Let, 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 me, let me see where you, you've got all your shots. Oh, you don't have one? Go home. And we have the audacity to accept this nonsense as the church of Jesus Christ. It's because doctrine has not been taught and we don't know what the word says. Can I get a good Ric Flair? Amen. <laughs> I'm going to get Ric Flair saved before he gets, goes in there and try anyway. Amen. His name kept, keep getting mentioned in this anointed atmosphere like this. He's liable to get born again. Amen. <laughs> Both of these churches will, will claim to be governed, empowered, and led by the Spirit. Both of them. Both of them. Y'all know what that means in the South. Both of them. Hey, okay. That means both of them. <laughs> both of them. Okay, all right. Just helping people out in case you're not from around here. And you're like, what did he just say? Uh, both of them will claim to be governed and led by the Spirit. So what's making the difference between this, these two? It is the submission, embracing, and enduring of sound doctrine. The Apostle Paul tells Timothy, the time will come where they will not endure. They will not endure sound doctrine. Not that they have not heard it. Not that they have not been taught. They won't receive it. They reject it. If this, listen, if the rejection and the refusal of sound doctrine is what causes you to go, to stray, go astray, then that means the receiving and the submission to sound doctrine will protect me and my family from being led astray. Yeah. 
Oh, I feel some preach coming in me now. I was just trying to stay teaching right now. But I feel some preach coming in me right now. Because, listen, if sound doctrine will keep me and my family from going astray, that means I've got to watch where I, where I attend church now. I can't just attend that place because granddaddy built it. I can't just attend it because Assembly of God is on it. I can't just attend it because it's Church of God or Baptist or Methodist. I got to know somebody is teaching what the Word of God says. And so that me and my family can be protected in the last day. So that when we go home, I know that it's not okay for me to speak in tongues in there and act like the devil out there. It's not okay that I turn around and live a chameleon life. I, I got to know somebody is preaching a word that transforms me from the inside out. That causes daddies to go home and say, hold on one second. I ain't been doing right, but I'm about to start doing right. It causes mama to go home and say, I've been leading, living a life that I shouldn't, but I'm about to get right. It causes kids to go home and say, mama and daddy, I got to get this out of my room. I'm ready to live and run for God. I'm ready to do what it takes. So I, I just can't go there because everybody, I, I can't just go there because it's going to increase my business. I can't go there just because it's the thing to do in town and everybody's cool. No, it's sound doctrine being preached. Hallelujah. I can't afford to go there just because they'll give me a ministry position. I can't afford to go there just because they'll let me sing. I can't afford to go there just because they'll let me teach. I'm risking too much. Therefore, from time to time, I might get upset. <laughs> but I ain't going nowhere. Because this place is helping me stay doctrinally sound. Uh, time to time I might get offended, but I'm going to get over it because this place is watching out for my soul. Not just my feelings. I, I might not agree with certain decisions, but I'm not going to. Listen, I'm going to keep committed because God didn't place me in the position to make decisions. He placed me in a position to pray for the decision maker. And so I know where I need to be right now. Watch it out for my soul. The only way Satan can ever defeat you or exploit you is through the areas he has deceived you. Listen carefully to that. The only way he can ever defeat you or exploit you is through the areas he has deceived you. Deception is not powerful unless it is received as truth. <laughs> Deception is not powerful unless you receive it as truth. When you make up your mind that there is only one truth, and that truth is God's holy word, then deception has no power against you. Around here at ALC, we say a lot about our DNA. I'm, gonna, uh, I'm, uh, I'm just about towards the end of this thing, but we say a lot about our DNA here. Our core values are our DNA. 
the DNA of this house. Uh, when you think about the DNA of a church, you need to think about the bloodline. Everybody say bloodline. You just woke somebody up. They're like, oh, is it time to go? <laughs> uh, the DNA is the bloodline of a ministry. It's the bloodline of a church. It's, uh, and the Bible says that what? Life is in the Life's in the blood. And so when you think about the doctrines of a church, I want you to think about not the bloodline, but the skeleton. Because you can have blood and you can have skin and you can have muscles, but if there's no skeleton, it's a blob of mess. Something has to sit on the bones, yes, but there's got to be some bones. What I'm going to teach over the next few weeks is the skeleton of the church of Jesus Christ. Therefore, since I can see the storm on the horizon, I've made up my mind as the apostle to this house to make sure this church is doctrinally sound. This church is going to be doctrinally sound. Oh, we have beautiful moves of the spirit. We're going to keep them. But now we're just going to add to it. Now you're going to know why you believe what you believe. <laughs> now you're going to know what you believe. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to give one, one point and then I'm done for the day, Lord willing. Because this one has to be done. We believe. Everybody say, we believe. We believe. Shout it again. We believe. Come on, shout it again. We believe, we believe that all scripture is inspired by God. Every last bit of it. From cover to cover, including the Old Testament. It's all been breathed by the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that the, that spirit, the spirit of God moved on holy men of God and they spake as he moved upon them. All scripture. Not just the, not just the New Testament, but every last bit of it is inspired by the Holy Ghost. What does that mean? That does not mean that men of God turn around and got a feeling and decide to write something. That means that it was breathed by God. It came from the mouth of God. That's why the Bible says that it's living and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Why? Because this word, when God spoke it out of his lips, every time he speaks something, it doesn't just do something and fall to the ground. It keeps on jumping generations. It jumps to eons of time. And there ain't a devil out there and there ain't an enemy out there and there ain't a group out there that can stop what he has said because it is living and it is powerful. Has life behind it. Glory be to God. That's why you can open up the Old Testament and get a word from God and you can move to the New Testament and get a word from God and you can be reading Proverbs and God tell you something about what you need to do tomorrow. Why? It is living. It's got spirit behind it. It's got life behind it. All scripture is inspired by God. Hallelujah. It is infallible. It is the authoritative rule of faith and conduct. 
Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I, I heard about a, 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 a minister about two or three years ago. He told his church, he said, you can pretty much just do away with the Old Testament. And, and this, this guy had like thousands of people come to you. You can pretty much do away with the Old Testament. It's not for today. Just the New Testament. I said, how are you going to tell God that? <laughs> how are you going to tell God who created you? That what he said is not for today. The reason I'm telling you this is because that, that is a, that's a trend. And you need to know when somebody says, well, you can pretty much do away with the Old Testament. Say, I ain't hanging with you. You got something on you and I don't want it on me. And I don't know exactly what it is, but I'm on part company right here. All scripture. Everybody say all scripture. All scripture. From the front, From the front. To the back is inspired by God. Let's give him praise in this house right now. It's all inspired by God. Second Timothy chapter three. I want you to put that up real quick. Second Timothy chapter three, verse 15. And from the childhood, you know, you have known the Holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine and for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Hallelujah. It is all inspired by God. Listen, I'm going to say something, then I'm, I'm, I'm be, Lord will, I'm be done. There are other good books out there. I am a Pentecostal author that's releasing a book. To the glory of God at the end of this month. And, I, and God willing, I will continue to write more. There are good books out there. There are good books you should read. And they will help you. But let me tell you something. There ain't but one Bible. There ain't but one word of God. And if you can't read another book without putting it on the level of the Bible, don't read it. Oh, I feel that uh, meddling thing coming on me now. I like the book of Josephus. It gives us historical record uh, of certain events that you won't be able to maybe find in the Bible. It is a history book is what it is. It's a book of Jewish history written by an author, but it is not the Bible. Did you hear what I said? It is not the Bible. So don't be thinking it is the Bible and do not follow it like it is the Bible because it is not. Hey, we got the book of Enoch out there. Got folk thinking that the book of Enoch got purposely left out of the Bible. Are you kidding me? You're in error. You are in error and you need to repent and you need to line yourself up. Do you think the God we serve is so weak that he would allow man to take out a part of his canon? Do you think that? Do you think God had his, uh, his hands tied? I just don't know what these people just took this out of my Bible and I don't know what to do about it now. I don't know. Line yourself up. You are messing around and playing with fire. And I'm here to tell you today as the leader of this house, 
that you can read it and it will help you. But if you cannot receive it as something that is secondary to the word of God, it would be best that you take that book and go put it in a fire and light it up because there ain't no book like the book. There is no Bible like the Bible and there is but one word of God and it is inspired of the Holy Ghost and it is good to keep you. It kept people thousands of years ago and it'll keep you right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God ain't that weak. Well, you know, in, you know, what happened is they had these people and they had the secret sect and they took this Bible. They took that book out and put that book in and, and, and no, no, no. Gullible people yes, sir. Yes, sir. tossed to and fro yes, sir. with every wind of doctrine. I've done made up my mind, sister, change this way. I made up my mind. If this thing's wrong, well, I'm just going down with it. <laughs> if it's wrong, I'm just going down with it, Mike. We're going to be wrong until I die. But I haven't found anything else that's able to take and make dead men live. I haven't found anything else that make a crack addict straight. I haven't found anything else that'll take a broken family and put it back together again. I hadn't found anything else that'll make a racist person love folk that he didn't like before. I ain't found nothing else. It is the word of God. Without error. I mean, my God, if you want to listen, this is what the Bible says. Cursed be the person who adds to or takes from. So I ain't, I ain't worried about it. Hallelujah. All scripture is inspired by God. And if your God is not powerful enough to keep man from messing up his word, we ain't serving the same God. <laughs> yes. See, that just helps some people. Because what you don't know is Satan never announces his coming. He never shouts his arrival. He doesn't ring the doorbell. He sneaks in. He sneaks in in places that you don't even know that he sneaks in and he begins to just get you to sway just a little bit, sway just a little bit, sway just a little bit. And before you know it, you're out there chasing aliens. I'm correcting something today, ain't I? You out there chasing aliens? Now, and I'm going to say one more thing. And, <laughs> while we're here, I, listen, if, if God wants gold dust to fall on me, then praise God, bring some gold dust. I, I just hope he tells me beforehand so I can get me a bucket. Because that stuff is a bunch of money right now. Amen. And I'm like, fill that thing up, God. I'll get some folk to help me tote this stuff out. For everybody don't know what tote means. Carry. 
carry. If God wants to feel feelings in my teeth, well, I praise God, let him feel them because that'll help me. You know, I ain't got to go to the dentist and pay him his money now. He, I'll sow a seed. God feel us feeling. Amen. So I'm not saying he can't. I'm just saying when you start looking at stuff like that and say, and that has to happen for God to move, you're in error. You're in error. And you need to come back to the word. You need to come back to the truth. Here's a good rule of thumb. If it ain't in here, you're going to be okay if you just lock onto this. And if God wants to do something that he ain't never done in this, well, praise the Lord, he's God. I'll receive it. But I'm not going to build a doctrine off an experience. And that's where we done got messed up. Building doctrines off of personal experiences. Can't do that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're going to, over the next three or four weeks, we're just going to find out more what we believe. And I can't wait to see what God produces out of this. Because you're going to see some people, I'm telling you, you're going to be completely made free by the power of God. (laughs) Completely made free. Deception is going to be flushed out because of the tsunami of God's word that's going to hit your life. Let's give him a good praise today. Come on. Let's give him a good praise. Come on, those of you watching, give him a good praise all over the world today. Now we, we, listen, people done been saved, people done been healed, people received all all kinds of manifestations of the presence of the Lord. We praise God for that. Let's come before the Lord's table. And after that, we're gonna dismiss today. If you do not have a communion packet, lift your hand and the ushers will serve you quickly. Hallelujah. Can you imagine a Pentecostal, spirit-filled, supernatural church that is grounded completely in the Word? Katie Bodado. Can you imagine? I'm telling you right now, the devil don't want it. Because now you got spirit and word. And that's a one-two punch that the devil never has been able to stand against. Spirit and word. Those, those things, can be, they're creative. How do you know that? Because the Bible says in the beginning was the word. And then the Bible tells us in Genesis that the earth was, was just a bluff. Without form, it was void. And the Spirit was hovering over it. And God said, Spirit and Word, and created what was not. This is how powerful this is Spirit and Word. 
We pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.